morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's good to see you this morning. You're on another beautiful morning to study, read your word, and find out some deep revelations from the word of God just by discussing what God has showed with, uh, shared with us in his word. I'm glad to be with you this morning. I'm your host, Dylan Maverick. I'm glad to see you on the morning show this morning with me. Go ahead and get a Bible, grab a notepad, maybe even grab a cup of coffee. I know it's early in the morning if you're watching it live, but be sure to follow along with me and write some notes down. I've got six points for you at 6 a.m. today. We're going to be discussing the persistence of faith, what the Bible says about faith, what the persistence of it is, and how it'll affect you and your life. Let's pray this morning, and we'll get into this together. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We lift you up. We magnify you. We thank you for all that you have done for us, Lord. We if we exalt and lift your name up. You're the highest king in the land. Lord, you rule over everybody. You're the Lord of lords. You're the king of kings. There's no one higher than you. There's no one greater than you, and we just take this time to recognize that. We take this time to give you the attention, the glory, and the honor. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing for us, all that you will continually do for us. But, Lord, you're just a great God, and we want to thank you for that. We want to start our day off exalting you and giving you praise and glory. Lord, I speak over every person under the sound of my voice this morning, every person watching, listening, wherever they're from, whether it's live or whether it's at a different time, that you'd bless them, you'd touch them now right where they're at. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Grab your Bible, open it up with me to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter is where I want to start today. We're talking about the persistence of faith, the persistence of faith. You know, faith is a constant pursuit. Faith has a constant, consistent pursuit to it until, uh, uh, that's it, just until faith doesn't quit, faith doesn't give up, faith is persistent in its pursuit. And the thing about faith is it attracts the blessing of God to it. Uh, we'll, we won't read it today, but further down in the book of Hebrews, it talks about the pleasing, how it pleases God for you to trust him. There was a quote I heard from uh, an old book. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now. It's been so long since I, I uh, found it, but it's from Lillian Yeomans. And she says, uh, God delights in his children stepping out over the aching void with nothing underneath their feet but the word of God. And that's what faith is. Faith takes what God has said, believes it, and steps out on it. So point number one, faith realizes what does not actually exist. I'm going to say this again. Faith realizes or makes a reality of what does not actually exist. Point number one. Turn with me into Hebrews 11.1 if you're there. Let's read uh, in verse one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence uh, if the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Verse three, by faith, by faith, say, go ahead and say that out loud by faith. So faith is a moving active uh, activity. Faith is, is alive. Faith is moving constantly. So he says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen, which we can see now, were not made of things which are visible. So faith is not a visible five sense realm object. Faith is not something that you can lay your eyes on. But it is such a subject or it is such an item 
that by it, the entire world was framed by faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word of God was the item that framed the entire world put together. The word of God did that. So faith realizes what does not actually exist. When I say realize, it means it, it makes reality of. It makes it real for you. Hebrews 11, 1, and, uh, so if you're taking notes, uh, Romans 4 and 17. Romans 4 and 17 says this. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls things that which do not exist as though they did. So again, in verse 17 of Hebrews of Romans 4, rather, Romans 4 says God, and then it gives an, an example of how God utilizes faith, who gives life to the dead and calls those things. So in other words, shouts out to or speaks unto things that do not exist as though they did. So it, it's an invisible, you can't see it, you can't lay your eyes on it. But when, there, you, when there's faith involved in something, it sees beyond what is not presently there and speaks to, talks directly to something that does not exist presently in front of you, but calls it as though, as though it does, speaks to it as though it does exist. Point number two, hope, hope or the anticipation of something, that's what hope is, hope comes from perseverance. So number two, hope comes from perseverance. Turns me into one chapter over into Romans 5. Romans 5 verse 3. Romans 5 and 3. says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. So through these trials, let me read this to you out of the Amplified. Let me read this to you out of the Amplified really quickly. Romans 5 and verse 3 again. And not only this, but with joy, let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship or distress, pressure, and trouble produces patient endurance. And endurance produces proven character or spiritual maturity. We could, the Bible often references to spiritual maturity as the word perfection, not perfect in the term of flawless, meaning it's, it, it's never had an issue, but the word perfect, which translates over to maturity. That's what he's saying here. He's saying proven character or spiritual maturity and proven character produces hope and confident assurance. So a confident assurance is the, is the translation of hope. That's what hope does. That's what faith does for you. It produces for you the ability to see beyond what's presently there, to see beyond the ability to, uh, to understand that there's not something presently in front of you, but knowing that faith is touching the actual thing, even though it doesn't exist yet. You have to put on the gloves of faith. <laughs> the, the gloves that say, I can't see and touch it right now, but the faith, faith gloves go reaches out and grabs a hold of what the thing is before you can actually see and touch it. 
And then the Bible says in Romans 5 that this type of perseverance, this persistence produces a hope inside of you. It produces a confident assurance that that thing is present for you or that thing is alive and it will be tangible for you. Even though you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't hear it, you can't feel it, it's there. And your faith, this confident pursuit, this confident pursuit of, and it will produce an assurance in you that it's coming to pass for me. It is coming to pass for me. And, and it's, uh, let me read this again to you out of the, uh, out of the, uh, amplified in verse three, it says, and not only this, but with joy, let us exalt in our suffering. So when you understand that, you're, there's going to be joy that comes from this you, you, inner joy, reality, real, true joy, not this fraudulent, you know, I've got to put it on and, uh, you know, fabricate this thing and, and fake it till I make, I mean, that's garbage in and of itself, that idea faking it until I make it. What were you faking it for? I really, truly believe the Bible says there's uh, I exalt in suffering. I, I raise my standard in suffering. I have joy within this suffering, meaning the lasting persistence until I actually touch the thing that produces hope on the inside of you. There's a, a, a real joy now, presently, right now. Because remember what it says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is. And there's a difference. There's a different translation of, he, of Amplify. There's different uh, versions of, ample, of the Amplified Bible. Uh, but the Amplified Classic, it says, now joy, even in now joy, we exalt in the sufferings, which produces character and persistence, which pers- produces a hope inside of you. So number two, hope comes from perseverance. When you persevere, when you press through and you continue on, there's a joy in that. But when you give up in faith, there's no joy in it because you no longer see the potential of what could be for you. It's that simple. You don't see that there's a possibility. You don't see that there's a promotion at the end of the tunnel at your job. You don't see that there's a raise in your income coming. You don't see that there's a breakthrough in your debt situation, that that debt will be paid off. You don't see that there's a breakthrough for your child or loved one. You don't see that that's going to happen. So there's no joy. And because there's no joy, there's no perseverance for you to obtain what you're hoping for. And that's where a lot of people get stuck is they lose the joy. They lose the perseverance, which then deteriorates that hope that they have. See, it's not hope that produces perseverance. Let me read this again to you. Hope doesn't produce perseverance. The Bible says in Romans in Romans 5 and verse 4 that uh, perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Not hope produces perseverance. So the other, you got to understand this. Hope, the confident expectation of a thing to be tangible in your hands comes from a, a, a perseverance of staying, staying power, a tenacity to stay. I'm not moving off of the target. I'm like a bulldog or even better, a pit bull with lockjaw. Once I've bit down on this thing, I'm not letting it go. I'm not getting off of it. Well, what if it doesn't happen? Then, then I'm going to be believing it's going to happen until the day that I die, because I'll die in faith. I'll stay believing it's going to happen. Number three, faith has habits. Write that down. Number three, point number three, faith has habits. Faith has habits. Turn to, again, we're still in Romans four, but I want to produce, I want to tell you this, uh, 
in the Amplified, I believe it says this. Uh, I got this from the Amplified Classic. I want to see if my version says it. Um, let me go to actually, I want to read it from the Amplified Classic. This isn't the Classic version. But if we go to Romans 5, you could turn there. Well, you're, you're actually there still. We're, we've been reading out of that. But if we go to the Amplified Classic Edition, Romans 5 and 4, says, and, and, and endurance or fortitude develops maturity of character, approved faith and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. So he's saying this endurance, this persistence that you have, it creates this sort of habit of joyful, confident hope. So there's two things I want you to get from this. Number three, faith has habits. This endurance produces a mature character. You know, a mature person creates habits. Now, there can be, there can be bad habits, but something that you can do in your life that will make your Christian walk easier. That's the whole thing about this is Christianity is not just a one-time decision. I'm deciding to be Christian. I'm deciding to make Jesus the Lord of my life. That is a one-time commitment. And then you live that life after that. There's a change in direction. If you were going this way and you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you transition may not be exactly this way, but it's whatever way that you follow Jesus on. And so many people don't know how to walk this life out. And the easiest thing I can tell you to do is to create habits that work for you. Everybody has habits. Everybody creates things in their life that they do without thinking. It becomes a habit of themselves. What the Amplified is saying is that you can create habits by endurance, by consistent persistence. You can create habits where you do things without thinking or having to retract how to do it. For example, like for me, I have a routine in the morning that I go through when I wake up, I start my day, you know, after I'm in the, in, in the, um, you know, in the restroom, in the shower area, I take a shower. Then there's, you know, the progress of doing my hair and my, uh, all the, you know, toiletry things that we do, but like brushing your teeth, I, I almost don't have to think about brushing my teeth. I could, I could literally, it's like I'm on autopilot from the time I stand in front of my sink and I have all the things around me. I grab my toothbrush. I grab my deodorant. I grab my hairspray. I grab my this. I grab my that. It's like a routine. It's what it is, is a habit. I've created persistence in that. I've done that with endurance and those things around me create a habit to where I don't have to think about it. I don't have to say, what do I need to do to get ready this morning? How long is this going to take me? I know my morning routine takes about 15 to 20 minutes between waking up in the morning, getting showered, getting dressed, all the things I've got to do. It takes me 15 to 20 minutes to do all the things that I need to do to make myself feel ready for the day. These are habits that were created through perseverance. Character. Character. What is character? Character is a is a matured, uh, it is a matured. Uh, um, uh, a matured person to a level of not flawlessness, but reaching a certain level of maturity in the way you act. And that's what habits do. And so these, this endurance that you create through constant activity, what, what are some of the things that you can do in faith to be, to have constant activity? Well, number point number four, point number four, 
I want you to write this down. Refuse to give up until it is received. Refuse to give up until it is received. So what are some of the things that we can do in faith that's regular, uh, habitual, meaning habits, but habitual activity that will create a persistent life as a Christian? We'll give you one basic one. Prayer and communication with God is a is an essential piece to the Christian walk. You know, it doesn't take being filled with the Holy Ghost to get to heaven. You may go a little bit quicker without the direction of the Holy Spirit, but being filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues, the Bible says we pray out mysteries. This is a great thing, a great habit to create. You know, praying in the Holy Ghost for me has become like whistling. Like I whistle when I'm I'm just walking around or doing something. That's become praying in the Holy Ghost for me. I could walk out of a building and walk down the sidewalk and be praying in the Holy Ghost without even thinking about it. It just comes out of my spirit. It's become a habit to me. And so this is one of the things that you can do to create habitual lifestyles of Christianity, which creates endurance, persistence, builds your character to a mature state. In that produces hope. So many people want to jump to hope. They just want to skip over all of the work and they want the hope. Hope is a confident expectation. What, are the, what does the Amplified say? Hope, hope is a confident assurance of a thing. It's confident assurance that that thing's going to happen. Well, you can't just skip over to hope and skip the steps of endurance, persistence, maturity, character development you can't skip those things the bible says those things in turn down a sidewalk of those things produce for you a confident assurance but you can't just say well i need a you know i need a hundred thousand dollars i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm hoping not in a sense of hope that you're like wishing but you you're just i've got a confident assurance god's gonna do it but you haven't been persistent you haven't been confessing the thing. You haven't been believing. You haven't been uh, developing your character to a stature of habitual belief. I mean, and then you just want to skip to hope. That's not what the Bible says. You've got to take the steps of a mature person. It's like saying this, you know, I don't, I want to, uh, um, I want to be really good at a particular thing, but I don't want to practice at it. You know, I want, I want to do all these particular things, but I don't want to take the steps to be able to do it. Like being a football player. I want to be a professional football player, but I don't want to take the steps to practice. I just want to show up to the games on Sundays and Mondays during the season. No, you've got to, you've got to practice. You've got to go to practice. You've got to throw the football around. You've got to practice your routine and your play and know the calls and know the the team and know what where, what steps to take and what steps not to take. That way, when you get on the field, you can replicate what you've practiced. And that's what happens in our life is we have to be an, a person of endurance and const, uh, constant consist, consistency in, their, in our life con, uh, continually, just regular, repeated action. So that we create habits on the inside of us and this creates hope. I hope this is helping you this morning. So number four, like I said, refuse to give up until. I could just leave it there. Refuse to give up until. But my note says refuse to give up until it is received. Turn to Luke 18. Back a couple books in the Bible. Luke 18. Verse 1. So refuse to give up until it is received. Luke 18 verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. 
What a profound word from the Lord. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. He doesn't just say don't lose heart. He says pray that and you won't lose heart. Be in continual. Always be doing something. Always. Always. And don't lose heart. Verse 2 saying there is a certain there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city. And she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. She wearies me by her continual coming. So this is the act of pursuit. This is a pursuit. He, she is pursuing an answer from someone that can produce an answer for her. And at first, the answer is not provided. She doesn't receive what she'd hoped she would receive. But because of her persistence, like we talked about, her continual coming, her continual uh, action of one state of mind, one action continually done day after day, produced a hope in her that would not let go. Like a bulldog or a pit bull, she was with tenacity. She was tethered on to the answer that she wanted. And here's what happened. The, in the Greek, the word troubles, it says in verse 5, yet because this widow troubles me. That word in the Greek, troubles, or that the phrase troubles me, because the Greek isn't necessarily translated into a word. It's a lot of times the, the words that they use is, are phrases in the English. So the Greek word for that troubles me is the word kopos, K-O-P-O-S, kopos, means an intense labor or to make work for oneself. It's an intense labor or to make work for for oneself. So she is troubling this, uh, the, she is bringing her petition to this judge and troubling him, bringing an intense labor of work so that he will res, uh, resolve an answer for her. And then in number five, there was a, uh, this is number five of our six points. There was a continual coming. She was coming continually to him. This is in verse five. He says, by her, lest by her continual coming, she wearies me. In the Greek, that word continual is the word telos, T-E-L-O-S, telos. It means an end. This, this is interesting. It means an end or an absolute bringing to full completion or termination of limit. This is powerful translation of this word uh, in this Greek, the word telos, means an end or absolute, full completion, termination of limit. So it means it's terminating the fact that there's a limit. It terminates the limit of what it could be. And in the end, a lot of these verses, or this word Greek, telos, is used throughout the New Testament, because it's a Greek word, but it's used throughout the New Testament in Bible verses like when the end comes, when Jesus refers to the end, you know how he talks about the end of time, the end of the world after the rapture and he returns and the tribulation period. When he uses that word telos, he see, and he says the end comes, realize this, that when he says the end will come, it means it's really just the beginning. 
So the end stops for this present time, but then it continues on into a new time. That's the phrase that's used here when Jesus tells the story, lest by her continual coming, or in other words, the end of one state and the beginning of a new state, meaning she is not going to let this thing go. She's going to be persistent in the pursuit of getting what she's asking this judge for. So her talos, her continual coming of what she came, what she's asking for is a everlasting pursuit until she receives it. And then finally, the word, uh, the word, uh, erkomai, which means to, which is the the coming piece of it. So continual is talos, and then the Greek word for coming, her continual coming is erkomai. E-R-C-H-O-M-A-I, hard to pronounce, but it means to find a place of influence, meaning finding a place of influence. So now you put the two together, continual coming at him. She's she's approaching him in a sense of finding a place of influence. She's not going to let go of this bone. She's going to get what she came to this judge for, and that's the tenacity we, you and I have to go at faith with, or not even go at faith with, but bring with faith when we're believing for something is a continual coming. I'm going to get it until I'm coming after it until not a, not a, any, not a, uh, I'll let it go. If something deters me from it, you know, if something derails me a little bit and I'm a little discouraged, I'm going to give up. No, I'm going after it until I'm going to continually come even in the face of rejection where someone says to her, like this judge did, no, I'm not doing anything. She was rejected and she continually came at her goal so that she could receive what she was believing the judge for. So, so number five is there's a continual coming effort in the persistence of faith. Finally, number six, let's continue reading on. Uh, number six is will fight, will Jesus find persistence or faith let's read this in verse six then the lord said hear what the unjust judge said and shall god not avenge his own elect who carry out who cry out day and night to him though he bears long with them and i tell you verse eight i tell you that he will avenge them speedily nevertheless when the son of man comes when jesus comes Will he really find faith on the earth? In the Amplified, it says, will he really find persistence in faith on the earth? I thought that was interesting. This last part of the verse, that's why I included it as number six, is they translate in the Amplified that they include the word, will Jesus find persistence at the end of the, uh, when he returns to the earth? Will Jesus find people pursuing and this could mean even in just salvation. Well, I've been so deterred and my life's been kind of this and that. Will Jesus find persistence in the earth when he returns here? What a question he has to ask. What an idea that he must know that things will not go the way that a lot of people expect them to. And he's going to see a lot of people fall off the bandwagon, so to speak, as they progress through earth that when he returns, he's going to look around and go, does anybody have faith? Is there faith to be found? Don't let you be one of them. Don't allow yourself to be one of those that gets uh, lost in the translation of persistence. Be persistent. Be continual. Stay on the path. This produces hope for your future. Hope this helped you this morning. This was six points. 
at 6 a.m. If you haven't already, be sure, to, be sure to subscribe on my YouTube channel. As always, be sure to follow on uh, Facebook or Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to the email that I send out. These emails are great. I go through the six points, give you scriptures, and then I give a recap at the end of the week. You can sign up for that on my website at dylanmaverick.com. But as always, be sure to share this post, like it on YouTube, and I'll see you on the next broadcast bright and early. Love you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.